You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at earsports.com. This is a Paramount podcast. This is the second time you've heard my voice this week. I am Mike Casazza welcoming in Chris Anderson to go all the way to the bottom of the Monday morning mailbag that is just too good, too robust on the first day of the week. So we decided to come back later in the week. Make sure we touch all the bases, so to speak, here. Different sports. Coming up on our radar here, Chris, spring football, baseball, and oh, by the way, the basketball season we uh, covered on Monday. Feeling frisky about that all of a sudden. We'll see how long that lasts based on the events of Tuesday night. But let's not spend any more time on basketball. Let's get to the reason why we're here, which are the other reasons that people visit the site, cheer for the Mountaineers. There's a whole lot else to pay attention to right now. A lot of questions that we have to answer. by sport and begin with football which is where many of the questions begin even when it's not football season first question hoover 4210 asks do you think wvu football did enough last season to get national attention this preseason yeah i mean listen they've been down that's still a national brand that's still played for national championship that has won bcs games that has had players who've been to Heisman Trophy ceremonies. It's not a blip on the radar program. It's been a, it's it's been on the radar for a while. Sometimes it's in the middle, we're close to. Sometimes on the edge. Sometimes it's off, but it's never too far when it's out. And I think people were reminded that, you know, there there is a history and a tradition of, of good football, but also exciting football. And that's the one thing that I think was probably most endearing toward the end. Offense, 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 points, yards, wins. Most importantly. And then I think what gets to the point of the question and my answer here is that a lot of that productivity comes back and then there's great potential to repeat and exceed that. And that's the type of stuff that carries the offseason and gets the end of the preseason. I don't see why West Virginia would be excluded from that. My first thought when I read that question was, what's national attention? 
what do we consider? Where are we setting the bar at? Because I think if you're talking about attention, if you're talking about grabbing the eyes and ears of of the casual college football fan, I think West Virginia did that. I think the, the story of coach on the hot seat for a team pick dead last ends up nine and four, ranked in the top 25 by at least one poll, and you know, riding some positive momentum. That's going to catch the attention of a lot of people, even the most casual of fans. And I think it can carry over again with this spring and into the preseason. I imagine as we get closer to the season, you will see more people come around and rank WVU in their preseason top 25 polls, especially if um, WVU can add via the transfer portal later, which we'll get to in a bit because that's another question on this mailbag. But I think they're in the national conversation again. We're not talking national championship conversation. We're not talking even national playoff conversation, but they are murmured about on ESPN. They're, they're on the bar. They're they're at least in the picture again. And like you said, it it's not some one-off thing. They, they have been plenty of times. And, and I think there's the potential for them to be again. Next question comes from, let's see, I, here's a couple questions, both of them pertaining to the assistant coaching staff, Mike. Um, let's see. Rebels 52 asks, with the coaching carousel still going on, Harbaugh on his, Harbaugh on his second interview, um, grumbling. are there any grumblings of assistant names being thrown out for vacant jobs or joining new staffs? Uh, Mike, any thoughts on this? Anything you're hearing? Uh, yeah, no. Like They obviously have the ongoing search for Dante Wright's replacement, which, as we've said before, not necessarily going to be a safeties coach. We expect it to be somebody who does outside linebackers or edges or something like that, that's going to make Jordan Leslie in a different role. If the plan goes that way, we've heard that's the, the, the scope of the interviews that they've conducted. I couldn't give you names on that stuff. It's been pretty quiet so far, but also don't forget these contracts that these coaches have, they go through the end of February, which is a recruiting wink, wink. One of those things, although that signing day in february isn't as important nowadays so i'm not even sure how how cynical we can be about that but certainly there are going to be people who just because the way things are going now like the nfl is going to take position coaches there's going to be um, these staffs at these schools that opened up after the national championship game they're going to have to fill out and it may not be a team like for example washington may not hire somebody from west virginia staff but there might be like a kevin bacon thing in between there where a whole bunch of dominoes fall and somebody gets gobbled up so I would never say never on this stuff. I would be surprised if there isn't another change somewhere on the other non-assistant coaches because that's the way of the game. But also, I think that there there could be incentive to do some different things. Um, you also have contracts that are up. I have not heard about them being extended or renewed yet, working on that. So then the, just the odds say that's going to happen. But yeah, just the the volatility of the offseason so far and the chain of chain reaction that can happen. You, you certainly could see something that washes up and hits the shores of WVU. West Virginia's, you know, the the assistant coaches have been, relatively speaking, pretty consistent over the past few years. And even then, there have been still been movement later in the process, like out here into February, like you noted, with the contracts ending in February, that always opens up for more possibilities. So um, that intel that we had earlier this offseason, talking about, you know, looking at an edge rushing assistant coach instead of a, a replacement safeties coach. The other part of that was, hey, there's still a lot of things going on, a lot of, you know, spinning plates, a lot of movement that's still to come. And you just kind of noted on it, like, hey, what if Washington hires somebody from 
Texas Tech and Texas Tech hires somebody from Auburn. And then Auburn is like, hey, what if I want so-and-so from West Virginia? One of those situations. It's not necessarily Washington or Alabama or one of the teams that just opened up looking for a WV coach. So it, it could take a while for things to fully come to a complete stop. Yep. Um, WV2323 asks, have you guys heard whispers of the Penn State game being moved to Thursday? Can you check with some capital P people? So I have, um, I believe that has been discussed, but it's also one of those things about when you, hey, would you like to be week zero? Would you like to play on a Thursday? It's like, would you be open to that? And the answer is almost always going to be yes, because you get a primetime TV spot. I have not heard that they're moving the game. They might. We'll know. I think I think the schedule is supposed to come out next week is what I heard in conversations about this. That stuff does come up. Um, the person I spoke to when I spoke to that person did not say that was going to happen, but this happens every year, Chris. Like they, they, it's made for TV, and if you can pull a game that's on Saturday and put it onto a Thursday, and you give a team plenty of notice, that's fine with them. Um, it doesn't mean it's going to happen, but it's hey, would you be interested in this if it was possible? Yeah, of course I would. Like, why would you not want to open up at home against Penn State on a Thursday night? Whatever. Um, I, I think that's something that just gets gets discussed everywhere. I would. I don't think it happened last year with West Virginia at Penn State because that was the first um, Big Ten game nighttime primetime NBC feature but in most years you're going to have conversations like that because TV is always looking for their options one one quick note on this and then one question for you Mike the note that's Labor Day weekend yep. everybody wondering so there is also in the world of college football they not only move it to Thursday but then also go the other direction and end up having games on Sunday and, and Monday so I'm not saying that's what I'm hearing with West Virginia but there's there's more movement more variables than normal um, I would think we're going to get a definitive answer on that when that schedule releases on January 30th, but don't hold me to that. Question for you, Mike. Mm -hmm. Do we know what channel yet or who has the option to have that channel? I would think it has to be an ABC ESPN. Right, because NBC got game, right? Yeah, okay. I would think so. Um, and it, just to go to this here, your your week zero games right now, there's just three, Chris. Tell me if you would watch Penn State, West Virginia before, during, after Montana State against New Mexico, Eastern Illinois against Illinois, or Florida State, Georgia Tech. That one's in Dublin. Um, and then your Thursday games. Most notable here, I'm just like picking out this one here. Uh, North Carolina at Minnesota is the only Power 5, Power 5 game. The other ones, let's see, UCF plays on a Thursday. Utah plays on a Thursday. I ain't got a lot of Big 12 teams on a Thursday, Chris. Do you want to do that to your brethren? Friday, Elon at Duke. Not great. Maybe you fill out your Friday schedule. Sunday, Monday, that's going to be interesting. Right now, the only one that's actually booked is going to be LSU-USC. That's in Las Vegas. So that Sunday is interesting. That Friday is interesting. Saturday, you're, you're in there. There's a lot of games that are high profile on that August 31st date. So would you pull West Virginia... Would you pull West Virginia, Penn State out? Maybe, but some of the other ones that you could, and I don't know if these games are contracted or if it's even possible. Like, I don't think you can move Clemson, Georgia. Don't think that you could move that one because it's too big of a game. And then your other games that are just notable, there's just few and far between that are power five, power five. Like, there's no matchup against ranked teams. So that's as good a candidate as any, I guess, if you're going to do it. Like, there are other ones that are um, 
sneaky good power five, let's call that West Virginia against a ranked team, Penn State, you're going to see different ones like that. I'm not sure that any of them are better. Like Miami, Florida, that sounds great. Would you play that on Monday night? Would you play that on Friday? I don't know. So there's a good chance for West Virginia if they are serious about moving somebody out of there. But like Notre Dame, Texas A&M will be interesting too. Uh, question from Salty Dog 8159. WVU um, pulled in some pretty good gets in the winter transfer class. In my opinion, they still need some help in the secondary. Do you see the same need and how important are additional ads if the answer is yes? Oh, yes and very. <laughs> okay. And I'm, I'll, I'll leave it at that. WVU for Life also asked a similar question. So, yeah, I think we need to discuss that. Is it, is it the secondary? That's where we're we're still focused here for West Virginia. They had two, and now they don't have two. And and you've explained some of the Taj Ra'el and Josh Minkins dynamics. Go check those out. I think you'll be more enlightened and less frustrated if you don't have all the answers because you'll have them then. But they had two, and they don't. I Listen, I'm, I'm doing this goofy two-deep exercise every time that the roster has a fluctuation because of a transfer in or a transfer out or a decommit or whatever. I have no idea who and what they're doing at the Spear. And I haven't really figured this one out but I wonder if the coaches have either. And if this is going to be like a, a nickel slash Sam, which is what Neil Brown explained, I don't know who on the roster does that, which means they have to go out and do that. So could they have one of their corners play that that spear is like a nickel? It's not going to be the spear as you knew it before. I don't want to go into this whole 3-4 thing again. I don't know who that would be. Who's going to be their Sam? I don't know who that's going to be. Like they're kind of thin on linebackers and they're kind of thin on cornerbacks, but they also had two safeties that they no longer have. So it would seem to me that I don't know how many numbers they can actually pour into this, Chris. And you can explain this, but if they could get someone and it might be two people to either play the spear or play another position that allows them to redirect a current player to spear, that would be good. And also, yeah, you're going to have to get some depth of safety. And the other tricky part here, and and maybe it's, it's kind of forcing it not to be tricky. I'll explain it in a second, but they might be out of official visits. We've put the math on the yeah. board for our VIP members, and they had changed the rule temporarily, which I'm assuming I haven't seen the ruling become official yet, but all my sources told me that it was likely to become official. From It used to be 56, and then you could roll over um, up to six more from the previous year if you did not use them. So if you used 50 the year before, the next year you could have up to 62, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, they changed the rule, made it a flat 70. By my math, West Virginia's at 70. They're there, like, and that's it. And I think that's why you're not seeing official visits these last couple of weekends in January. That number does not reset until April 1st. So West Virginia, at best, maybe has one or two visits. Like, again, there's some, some, some variables in there. Again, I broke it down for our VIP members, but I think they're out. And if they are, they have to wait till April 1st, which is not that big of a deal because the transfer portal is not going to open back up to people outside of basically Alabama and Washington until after after that window anyway. It's after, what is it, the end of April, beginning of May. So that's fine. And that's when I think you're going to see a rush of a handful of visitors. And you can still find very good players on there. We, we've gone over this, I think, in our three-minute video a couple weeks ago. Here are some guys that committed to West Virginia after that window, after after the official visits reset, all American Beanie Bishop, uh, Tyron Bradley, who split time almost like a starter at Bandit, starting safety Anthony Wilson, Tommy Durajaye, who no, 
made a pit stop in Morgantown before going on somewhere else. And then um, EJ Horton and Noah Massey, who again, didn't make that, that big of an impact or any impact at all, really, but again, the guys that they were adding late in the process. So it is still possible and likely that they will add some good players here later in the spring. Could you play Trey Lathan at Sam or is he, is he one of those inside linebackers? Hmm. I mean, I was on, I was on the fence. I would be on the fence about that even before the injury. And I think now with the injury and you're asking him to be even more kind of side to side and mobile, that's tough. Yeah. That's so tough. Now you, like might have, inside. you might have a number of inside linebackers now, which is great. Didn't have that before, but that kind of leaves you for that, that Sam linebacker. And again, that's not going to be in every down or even every game player too. So I'm not sure you want to have someone like Lathan who's going to do a timeshare like that. Also, going back to those um those Saturday matchups the first weekend, they can't move Clemson, Georgia. That's a contracted game in Atlanta, the Chick-fil-A. The only other games that I think are even comparable to Penn State, West Virginia, would be Notre Dame, Texas A&M. Um, ugh, boy, that's a big enough one that I'm not sure you move it either, too. So it, it really, by process of elimination, West Virginia, Penn State might be mobile. We'll see. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Moving on, Mike, we're moving moving off the gridiron. We're moving to the non-revenue sports. So let's begin with the question from Chestnuts who asks, which non-revenue sport at WVU do you guys, talking about me and you, follow most? And what non-revenue revenue sport do you think your sports should cover more? Mike, uh, what's your favorite? Again, I'm going to keep it all very brief here. Baseball and baseball. I'm on the same boat. Baseball and baseball. I've given my spiel about coverage before. Um, we have tried 
other sports. We have paid people to go to sports because people say they want that coverage. They say they want that coverage, provide that coverage, and then nothing comes of it. Um, I, I think I gave the example on, on the board one time of how I used to work for a vending machine company. And it was like the clients who would say, hey, can we get some healthy options in this in this snack machine? Give me some healthy options. And then we put the healthy options in, take out a couple things of Doritos and stuff, come back, all the Doritos are gone and the healthy options are still sitting there stale and expired because no one touched them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, but I'm with you. Baseball has changed. People have people have fallen in line with baseball. They love it and they are interested in it. You have seen an uptick in our coverage of baseball and that will continue this year. So um, look for some more of that. Can I, I'll, Which leads us right in. Huh? Let, me, let me add on to this too. Um, both soccer programs, very good. They're in the shadow of football in the fall. Yeah. Women's basketball, good this year in the shadow of men's basketball. The the thing about baseball, why Oliver Luck invested in it was that it was that that second cut sport that could be a bridge from a basketball season to a football season. It's really by itself. And you had to, so to speak, if you build it, they will come. They built the baseball stadium. They invested in it with the coaches, um, up the scholarship allocation, all that stuff. And it, it's turned out to be very good. But also, like, that's that's the diversion. There There is no distraction from other sports or other arms reaching into the fan interest there. So it's kind of on an island by itself, which is really good. And by the way, they've been successful and there's a lot to like about what they've done and where they're going. So I think that's, it, it's just an easy thing for, to, to answer this question too. And I pay attention because one grew up playing baseball, but also uh, wife's had season tickets behind the dugout for years. And I get to go every so often with her friends that go to the games. It's a lot of fun. Like they, they play exciting baseball. The big 12 is good. I think a lot of people can identify that. Like we've had the whole Maisie ball label for a while, but that's just because they found ways to win that are exciting and effective similar to you know what's the identity of this offense for the football team or the defense or for the for the basketball team you have all these conversations baseball has been identifiable too i think when a lot of times you can put your finger on something and you can identify it but also talk about it with your friends or critique it on message boards or conversations it just makes it easier to follow a sport i think you just that was a nice way of trying to get your wife a job on the site mike right there behind the, the home plate huh uh, and the other part about this is too there are people who are much smarter about wrestling I, I dare say baseball certainly probably football and basketball too but there are people on our site who know the ins and outs of these other sports mm -hmm. that i would i'm never going to pay them but i would pay them uh to read their thoughts on this <laughs> you know what i mean like they pay us to come to our site or they subscribe or they they're on our site posting this and that and being conversational and i i learn a lot about wrestling for example by reading what people say about this and that gives me a better do it a better way to 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 do my fandom i guess or my observation here why why fix it if it's not broken you know like let these guys keep doing their thing if you if you if you chime in with some wrestling input you have or some baseball input you have it, it helps people like me for sure speaking of baseball the big dude asks what things are you looking at this year to consider the upcoming baseball season a success portal I mean, right okay is that is that as simple as like every sport right now? But they've they've had a good thing going with baseball, and the hardest thing in baseball is to have the the right number and the right calibration of arms on a pitching staff. I think that's my experience from watching it from up close or afar. And they've invested in like mature arms for front end, middle, back end for a while now, a couple seasons in a row, and they've been rewarded for it with with guys who came from other schools and gave them wins and innings and and were backbones of pitching staffs, whether that's a starter or a closer or somewhere in between. And in the meantime. They've recruited young pitchers really, really well. It's very hard to pitch as a freshman. 
and especially like if you're stretched out. But if you get those guys to buy in and and be program guys, and by the time that they're redshirt freshmen or true sophomores or redshirt sophomores, whatever, sometime, you know, fall, spring, summer, all that stuff, you go to the wooden bat leagues, you get a lot of pitching in your season, then you're going to be like a Ben Hampton kind of guy. That's okay. So if you can if you can get the mature arms from the from the portal and you can develop your young guys who have the talent, that's why you're recruiting from high school so they can fill in the gaps. You have fewer gaps to fill and you have more talent in the vacancies that exist or no longer exist. That's the way to go. And that's what they've been doing. Like their their brand of baseball on offense is, is what it is. I think it's replicable, but the better your pitching is and the deeper your pitching is, and it seems like they've they've zeroed in on a plan that so far has worked and, and should get better and better as they get more successful. And I just don't see a, a great shift when they transition from Randy Maisie to Steve Sabins. With you on all of this, and I think if if the question, I wasn't sure how to read this question about, you know, what's going to make them successful or what in result would be considered successful. Are we, or is WVU at the point where we, you and I, media, maybe fans too, expect postseason play for it to be considered success? Is the program at that point yet? I would think so, right? I mean, they've they've hosted regionals, they've been in regionals, they just won a regular season championship, shared it, but still won it. That's all stuff that you were kind of thinking that would be maybe once a recruiting class kind of stuff, or might happen you know, once every couple of years. But you're stringing these things together now, and you're you're narrowing the gap between achievements. Sooner or later, I'm not saying it has to be an every year thing, but you should certainly be competing for a spot in a regional. You certainly should be competing for a, an upper tier finish, not even upper half, an upper tier finish in the Big Twelve. They got a lot of resources and and they've 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 had returns on investments too, which is healthy. I don't I don't think that's an unreasonable expectation. Demand, I don't know, but like what's wrong with expecting postseason baseball? Nothing. Nothing at all. Next question. Do we have this is from Philip Smith twelve. Do we have any idea what the pitching rotation is going to look like this season? No, speaking of mature arms, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I like this because again, they've they've just gotten guys and you're going to need a Friday, Saturday, Sunday guy, and you're probably going to need two midweek guys because maybe one of them has to go to the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and and maybe you're spinning different guys in in your midweek. So you're going to need like five or six starters, and I don't I don't know if they have five or six, but I don't know if they don't have like eight or nine either. So we'll we'll see what they do on that. I know they've gotten some guys from the portal that should be helpful. Um, I'm trying to think of the guys' names here now. Um, Oh, let's see. Derek I got the Clark. list of them if you're ready. Well, yeah. I'd like – oh, yeah, let's let's go this. Like, Derek Clark would be the one that I'd look for. I think he's going to be the guy who who gave him a lot of innings before at Northwood University, but it was like something like 15 games above 500 with a pretty good ERA. But, again, in the Big 12, no, but that's a mature arm who could probably come in and give you a bunch of innings. I'm trying to think of, uh, of who else here they brought in. Uh, Aiden Major is an incumbent. That's a guy who's, who's big, has some experience, not unfamiliar with what he has to do. I think that would be healthy for them. Uh, Chase Meyer, uh, right-handed guy, um, kind of like a lot of tools that came in, younger guy, freshman. So you run the gamut from like transfer to kind of like somewhat of a veteran to a freshman. There are people who can come in and give you things there, but like there's a whole bunch of people who fit that description of a transfer, a returning guy, and a new guy. There's a lot of options here, I think. I don't know that they have, I don't know they haven't narrowed down to who they want, but I think they have a pretty big pool of possibilities. And like Gavin Van Keppen, that's a guy who, has all the pedigree and all the tools to be a, a starting pitcher, but just didn't click last year for him. But what type of growth does he have in the offseason? 
really talented player. Him and Major, two incumbent guys. That'd be interesting to see what happens. And then, you know, if that transfer class, I'm trying to think, um, who's the guy from Moorhead State? Luke Luke Lyman? Yeah, Luke Lyman. I'm not, I'm not sure he's a starter, though. I think he's been a reliever his entire career, too. So, Yeah, and that's where I think it gets it gets kind of, hey, how, how far are we going in the starts slash, you know, just putting out pitchers kind of thing? Because looking at the numbers, you know, last year, I believe it's it's four out of the top five guys as far as innings go are gone from West Virginia with only major, I believe, in the top the top five from last year as far as innings. So they've tried to add to that. Their their signing class had several pitchers. Their transfer class, it was eight transfers and five of them were pitchers. Mm. As you noted, like I think Clark is really the only one that was a full-time starter. Some of the other guys came out of the bullpen. Some of them went bounced back and forth, but that's normal. Like go look at West Virginia stats from this past season. There were only two guys that you were like, that's a definitive full-time starter. And that was Traxel and Hampton. Everyone else bounced back and forth, made a bunch of appearances out of the bullpen. And Randy Maisie would do things where he would have guys come in, pitch an inning or two, and then switch it over to someone else, switch it over to someone else and change it up, trying to find the right combination of pitchers. Now, was it wildly successful? No, but he was trying to make use with what he had on the roster, and he may have to do something similar again this year. Just thinking at the top of my head here, again, kind of going over my tiers, but we mentioned Clark, uh, Tyler Switalski, Gardner-Webb, a lot of games, not exclusively a starter. Who was the guy from uh, SIU? Yeah, Hayden Cooper, another veteran guy. Like Those are three transfers. Could they be starters? Could they be weekend starters? Could they be weekend starters? Don't know. And you got the, again those returning guys. You know, we mentioned Van Kemp and Aiden Major. You have a, a young guy. I think I think there might be reluctant to stretch out a starter as a young guy, unless he's going to be like that guy who gets you three innings on a Tuesday or Wednesday just to get pitches and some work in. But again, a lot of options too, and that that's part of this too. You can use those midweek starts to get you a guy who can get you outs, who could start a game, who could turn over a lineup. Those midweeks are going to be valuable too. And if they can settle into their Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whether it's three transfers, um. That that would be interesting to me. Could it be Clark Cooper and Swatalski? Could they get a major or Van Kempen in there? I don't know, but um, how they manipulate who pitches in the week and during the week, and then can they be back end or weekend or tournament guys by the end of the season? A um, lot of pieces, but certainly a puzzle they had to figure out how to put together too. All right, switching over. This one's from Pat's fan, nineteen ninety three. He's going to. He's asking about. Um, he says, I'm not familiar with women's basketball recruiting, but how is the women's basketball team recruiting going for West Virginia? Um, if the current success continues, can we expect an uptick in the caliber of recruits? Uh, Mike, I've done some research on this because, well, quite frankly, I don't know much about women's basketball recruiting. Yeah. Just don't. So I, I'm going to, as you noted earlier, with like some of the other sports with the wrestling, I love hearing from the guys on the board who who follow it and know a lot about it. I never wrestled, so I didn't know much about it, and it's great to read it. I am going to – you will basically never hear me reference another ranking system because, well, that's part of our job, our company, 24-7 Sports, CBS, Paramount, whoever else is in charge of us right now. Um, we have our own ranking system, but not for women's basketball. So I am leaning into this from ESPN and Hoop Girls Recruiting Rankings – from the ESPN women's site. All right. And West Virginia has two four-star top 100 players in this 2024 recruiting class, according to their rankings and their commitment list. So, I mean, 
don't know what we compare that to, but if you're getting two top 100 players and say you're getting two or three kids per cast, I mean, you're talking essentially that's a top 25 caliber fall, hmm. um, you know, on average with those two, two players, uh, Jordan Thomas from he, Hebron High School in Texas and Destiny Agubada from San Diego High School in California. Six foot wing and a six foot three post player. So I hope that answers some questions there. I, I wish I had more for you, but that's as best as I can do right now. Yeah, I'm curious about him in the portal too. Like obviously he had to do that this year, and I wonder how how much of that'll become a regular thing with him because I think in recruiting his his style, offense, defense is I think he could find traits that maybe aren't maybe other people aren't looking at those players, but he sees some things, some combination of things that will work. And that might make him easier for him to pick the players that he wants. But also in the portal, it's the same thing too. Can he find someone who's good at this or good at this and will fit a need or can fit into the scheme on either side of the floor? And again, this is somebody who may be a high ceiling player that just people don't notice about. We'll learn more about that across time, but so far so good, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the next part of his question was about whether the transfer portal was as important for women's basketball as others. I am looking at, and I'm going to give credit here to people who are doing the work, um, women's basketball, blog, basketball, blog.com. They keep track of all the players in and out, the total numbers here. And according to this, there were 1,200, 1,221 players that entered, women's basketball players that entered the transfer portal, um, 216 of them from quote-unquote power five schools. So, not quite the same numbers as men's basketball, certainly not the same numbers as football, obviously with more players in football, but it is like it is for every sport increasing in importance. Moving on to the next question. What else we got? They're taking us all over the place. Um, see, we're getting off WV question here real quick from Air Force 88. Mike, make your pick for the AFC NFC championship winners and your Super Bowl champs. Uh wanna see the Lions and the Ravens. Um okay. just because I think that would be a lot of fun. It'd be something different that we haven't seen. It's hard to really bet against Mahomes. It just is. Like that guy's not gonna screw it up. He's gonna make the plays. They're gonna get some uh some breaks, let's say. And I don't think that it's a big deal that they're going to have to play in Baltimore. Curious about the 49ers against the Lions. 49ers, some injuries. Like, they don't have Debo Samuel. That could be interesting. I was kind of concerned about Brock Purdy turning into a pumpkin. But that would also be my fear for the Lions at large and also Jared Goff. Um, so now you're just looking at who has the best this and the best that. Like, the best player is Mahomes. No offense to Lamar Jackson, but, like, just across time, I wouldn't go against Mahomes. And it'd be hard for me to pick the 49ers, but I'm going to – Kind of go upset there. I just kind of like what I've seen from the Lions so far. Um, so give me Lions against the Chiefs, which is combination head and heart. I'm in the same boat as you. I I, I want the Lions. I want them to get there. I want them to win. I would love to. I like to see those teams that struggle for a long time finally break through. I just don't know. Like you said, the head, heart are competing here. Um, next, what was the next part of this question? Oh, Swifties or not? Is a big Swifty contingent in your house? Yeah, uh, yes. Okay, just checking. Same here. Uh, Same I only here. live with one other person, but yes. Yeah. Yes, my wife is always, oh, ooh, ooh, I want to watch this Bill's Chiefs game. And I'm like, oh, you do? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Taylor Swift there? Like, okay. So, yes, 
Same. I, I'll give um, her this. I respect the absolute dominance of the media. Yeah. Like, music industry, now sports, like she's got the whole thing covered. That's not easy to do. Like she's she's pulled off a double play that's impressive and maybe um it's not like a Kardashian thing too. Like there's something that's that's kind of likable about her, whether you like her music or not. Um if you're annoyed because she seems like she's having too much fun or she's too cool, I don't know if that's on her as much as it might be on you. And if you're annoyed because they put the cameras on her a bunch, I get that, but like there's a sizable portion of the audience now that's watching to see how she reacts to games. And like, it's, that's no different. Like the replay of the, of her in the, in the box is no different than the replay of was that, or was that not a fumble? Like we're watching for different reasons, but we're all watching. Um, Next question. We got to rapid fire through these, but is this week, the make or break week for my ESPN plus, which expires at the end of the month says Montana year. Um, good question. Cause what this is all, I mean, the next four games, five, six, because I think even Longhorn Network shows over on ESPN Plus, depending on, I guess, your TV situation. But one, two, three, four, five, six in a row on ESPN Plus if you count Longhorn Network. So if they go two and zero, Chris, on the road, you have to take this seriously. They end the month Cincinnati at home. Like I don't want to predict three more wins, which would be four in a row. But if they grab two of those three, or even more than that. Do not unplug because you're 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 gonna have to sit up and pay attention to this now too. Like winning two on the road would be significant. It's a team that has not looked good in the road yet. If they get two after two bad games on the road, you just kind of you're crossing off reasons to not believe in them anymore, and you're starting to replace them with like, okay, I kind of have to pay attention now. And fortunately, unfortunately, you have to pay whatever it is ten ninety nine a month now to pay attention. Uh, it looks like we got two more questions. I'll answer this one um, from S. Curry WVU. What type of relationship does Ear Sports and CRT have? Oh. Uh, we don't really have one. Like, I mean, it's it, they were nice enough. I, th- I believe he's asking this because of the giveaway that we did on the site for our VIP members. Um, a whole table worth of free tickets to the WVU baseball leadoff dinner. That was no partnership, no nothing on my end. That was the Country Road Trust. Um, wanting to thank the fans and members of our board for the donations and the work they've done in helping publicize the trust and the needs for the NIL. And I just helped facilitate the giveaway. So, I, I mean, I guess you can call that a relationship, but there is no, you know, no trade off there. Just they were being kind to you guys and I just helped facilitate it. So, we have access to them. We have questions. Um, when we want to write a story, when they have ideas, like, I, the phone works both ways. No, no problem talking to them, listening to them, them hearing from us too. So I would say it's highly cooperative and probably most promising. There's a lot of room for growth, right? Yeah. I was gonna say there's no, when I say there's no relationship, I mean, there's no business, but we're not in any sort of deal or right. anything like that. Um, next question, Hamilton 220. I've been meaning to ask this question for a while. Can each of you give a general background and bio of who you are and what you have done in your lives and how it led you to cover WVU? Can you include your social security number and credit card information when you answer? <laughs> I added the last part in there, but oh, thanks. Mike, do you uh, want to take the lead on this? Yeah, uh, those who can do, those who can't write about it, right? So I played sports growing up, kind of realized at a time that it wasn't going to turn out for me. Had some opportunities, never really pursued them beyond high school. Um, started writing for my local paper on uh, theater. Came up with a really cool idea to talk about how players or excuse me, how actors were working on their accents even though they were kids like little kids doing british accents to do um plays about that were like you know from 
like Oliver Twist and things like that. And I was like, that's cool. And for some reason, the sports editor of my paper was like, yeah, this is kind of wasted on you. Like, why don't you come write about sports? And that was it for me. I was kind of hooked on deadline writing and asking questions. And um, like I said, I, I couldn't do it anymore, but I want to be around sports. And then ended up at West Virginia, walked into the Daily Athenaeum, was covering volleyball and then gymnastics, and then went to the Dominion Post, met Bob Herzl. It all changed from there. Um, had opportunities and invitations to leave and just either haven't gotten it done or haven't taken the uh, invitation. And so many years later, here I am, can't imagine something different. Yep. And for those who have been around the site the entire time, you probably already know this, but for me, I knew some capital P people early on, wrote a couple things on the board. The former owner of the site asked me to write a story, and I did. It got um, you know, good numbers, I guess, or something. He asked me to write another one, another one, and then asked me to write one a week, two a week, three a week, four a week, once a day, so on. Uh, eventually got to a point where he was looking to sell the site. I jumped on it. The rest is history and um, you know, background as far as journalism goes. If you haven't noticed, there is quite a difference in my writing and Mike's is is legible and and sophisticated. Maybe. Mine is not. <laughs> um, I have always enjoyed sports. I played college basketball, small school in Virginia, um, played all the sports growing up, loved it, uh, loved covering it, loved watching it. So being able to do this and 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 cover this team is is and you know enjoyable time i can't like you said i can't imagine doing something else um i would hate for someone to try to ask me to go into an office and work a job right now that would not be fun no they wouldn't like me either that's the other part about it too. i've been out of an office <laughs> i've been out of an office since 2007 um i would not know how to ingratiate myself in the cubicles oh man well i think mike we did it it took us two podcasts in two days but we answered all the questions except for one maybe two because we're going to tackle those in the three minute videos but we have covered everything that our fans had to ask it's immaculate now did i say our fans they're not fans of us they're fans you know whatever well that's yeah. yours for sure they've been around for a long time tolerators of me yeah advocates of you we can hash this out the next time we go until then I'm Mike Casazza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We will talk to you next time.